5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in.
and just see his thoughts. It's early in the season, but it's not hard to pick out the best teams in football. I mean, just by looking at it. We look at Georgia. They jumped Clemson and get up to number two. Clemson, we don't know. I mean, I'm sure looking at their talent and their history, they're going to be pretty good. Looking at the ACC, Jonathan, I'll update us on that. It's down. So, really, who's going to beat Clemson in the ACC? So, Clemson, Ohio State, the only team that can beat them is probably Penn State. And so, what a, a conference that looked like it was going to be just the best in the world here in the Big Ten has turned out to be very disappointing. Look at the Big Ten yesterday. My God, I think everybody in the conference lost. What an embarrassing loss. And Scott Frost in Nebraska left Central Florida. Everybody thought he was some big, bad coach, and, and everybody was bowing down to him. Hell, he can't get out of his own way right now in Nebraska. And it does take time to – to put your system in place. So Scott Frost will be successful in Nebraska. But how long is it going to take? And will fans be patient enough? Because I posted it I posted it today in Weigh-In Sports Talk. Here's Auburn. There are people wanting to fire Gus Malzahn again. Jeez. Like, I mean, my God, they lost a, a tough game against a team than we all thought they were. And it's a uh, every year that game's usually pretty close. So I'm not ready to fire Gus Malzahn because he lost a one-point game to LSU. And we'll talk about those officials again. I haven't gotten over that. But the SEC looks pretty stout this year. The SEC West is is better than people even thought. With A&M getting ranked this week, I don't know if we'll talk about that too. What did they do to get ranked, really? LSU coming out of nowhere, I don't think they're – a six-ranked team in the country. I think they're going to be about what I said. They'd be eight and four, seven and five when it's all said and done. Auburn is a, is capable. You got Alabama, and then you got Georgia. So I mean, the SEC is loaded, and so we'll bring on Jonathan. And uh, any anything I said uh, make any sense to you? Any comments on what I said? Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, excuse me, I had to clear my throat really quick. Um, it's a, you know, like you said, we're only three weeks in, and it's uh, it, it's been a little bit of a strange season. Some of these teams just have not performed to a level uh, that we have expected. I mean, you look at it, that teams like Clemson and Notre Dame, who have phenomenal defenses and offenses that are, I mean, to put it mildly, are offensive. Uh, and, you know, like you Another said, the SEC right now does look like the class. Um, you've got the best team in the country in Alabama. You've got, oh, another top five team in Georgia. Um, and then I'd say three, at least, yeah, three more. Three more top 15 teams between – um, Auburn, LSU, and Mississippi State. And, and it's like you and I talked about, LSU's biggest problem this year wasn't going to be LSU. It was going to be their schedule. Um, Mississippi State bring it, breaking in a new coach, but, I mean, he looks like the perfect match for uh, Fitzgerald. Uh, and, and obviously, like, you know, Auburn always has their weird struggles in September. I guess it's better to have it against LSU than Washington, just from a, a – uh, From a national uh, the way, standpoint of where they look at yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean Washington looked horrible last night. Uh, then you know, them and Utah were in a competition to see who could lose, and Utah just I, Utah had a defensive lineman strolling into the end zone and he fumbled the ball out of bounds. I mean that's that's spectacular. Um, I, you know, there, there's just been football is a little weird right now. Uh, just across the country. I mean, Ohio State's offense really didn't look that good. Uh, you know, they had the, um, the interception, fumble, whatever you want to call it, on the shovel pass return for a touchdown. You had the strip sack in the end zone that probably should have been called a safety, but they got a touchdown out of it. Uh, they blocked the punt, the next play, touchdown. Uh, you know, TCU's defense kept them in check for most of the night. I was actually impressed uh, with TCU's performance. Yeah. And, and but granted, Ohio State's supremely talented. So, I mean, it's weird. I still think we're going to have to wait till. what do you think, middle of October until we actually have a chance Middle of October. Field? Middle of October. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Middle of October, I think, is when we'll get a better feel. Because we're three weeks in, Jonathan, and, and like Alabama, we know they're real good and everything. They look dominant, but they really haven't played anybody. Um, Clemson had that game at A&M. Georgia, South Carolina, really, how good are they? Oklahoma. Uh, looking, they looked beatable yesterday on the road at Iowa State. We knew that was going to be a close one. LSU, I mean Miami, I think they're pretty bad. And, and weird things happen, and I want your opinion right now. And I, you've seen a couple of my posts. I was right there at the game and watching the replays, watching when I got home. But did you notice – did you watch the game by chance? Did you actually sit down and watch it? Of course. I mean, to, to me, that okay. was the game of the day. I, I, I couldn't wait to see it. Tell me about these officials. I blame everything on the officials. But, and that, especially the last drive. Let's just do that one. Fluky-ass pass interference calls were legit, man. I mean, it was seemed like they were trying to rob Auburn, and, and it, it's hard for me to say that as an Auburn fan. I want people to listen to me, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, you go back and look at the tape, uh, I think these officials could be in trouble. I want, I want your opinion. Uh, you're not an Auburn fan or an LSU. Do you think the officials tried to take the game away? Um... I what I know what I noticed yesterday what I came away with was that officiating as a whole is in trouble. Uh, I mean, we saw bad calls in multiple games in multiple situations, especially pass interference calls. There seemed to be a little more uh, uh, touchy this year. Granted, at the same time, I saw some pass interference calls that weren't called. Uh, and it's very weird. Defenders are a little little handsy, a little grabby this year, but at the same time, when they're not being handsy and grabby and still getting called, you don't know what to do. There's no consistency on a pass interference anymore. Uh, you know, so I, I think watching that game, um, it wasn't the worst officiating I had seen of the day because they were there. Oh, some of those games, some of the refs took the cake. Um, but, I, you know, there definitely was some calls that were uh, – that were questionable. And I think they went both ways. The unfortunate part is that uh, the call that's going to stick out to you the most is the one on the final drive because it wound up leading to the game-winning score. Well, every time Auburn held them on the third down, 
it didn't matter what a flag was coming. And and even the, the replays, the challenges, there finally one went Auburn's way, but it was it was actually confirmed. But on Texas on the LSU's touchdown on that seventy something yard pass, he stepped out of bounds at like the twenty five yard line and nobody ever checked it, nobody ever reviewed it. And it's just stuff like that. These officials and Jason watched it too. And I just want to see what he thought. I'm not sitting here saying Auburn has a hundred chances to win that football game. They should have that. I'm not going to sit here and say Auburn lost because of officiating, Jason. All I'm saying is the officiating is very sketchy at Auburn. You'd think it would be for Auburn and Auburn. You know, you get some home cooking, but it was like every call seemed to go against Auburn. Again, another game against a top opponent with over 100 yards of penalties. So, Jason, what did you think? Well, I, d- I did watch a little bit of that game. Um, I didn't see that passing the fence call. Um, yeah, it looked like um, LSU got a lot of calls go their way. Yeah, but they 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 fall too. And one thing, when you watch the game, you would know every series LSU would be falling on the ground and stopping that clock. They made sure that Auburn didn't get in any kind of rhythm. Do you think they were really hurting, or do you think they were stopping the clock? I'm seeing this all across college football at this point. Uh, in high school, it was um, it was a don't on the field though. Just so you know, I, I, I mean it's interesting just because like you're seeing a lot of defensive linemen who um, are cramping for a play or they sprained their ankle for a play. Uh, and you have to wonder what's going on. I mean, I had to go back and, and watch in more depth um, <laughs> to see what was really going on. It, it's funny. It's easier to keep a tab on that when you're in the stadium because you can watch, you actually see what's going on on the sideline. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I've noticed this is a thing in college football this year where up-tempo offenses, defenses are kind of active. Their defensive linemen are just collapsing left and right. Uh, you saw it in the TCU-Ohio State game where a TCU's tempo was just blitzing Ohio State's defense, and all of a sudden their defensive tackles couldn't stay upright. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a thing where, like, in high school, they've, got, they've taken advantage of this uh, to where the, uh, the officials will eject a player if they think he's faking an injury. Um, and, and I think college needs to start enforcing it somehow. Yeah. Uh, if they can. I mean, it's got to be obvious. You know, like, if you see the guy get a – you know, he's walking – and he's looking at the sideline, and all of a sudden he tumbles down. Dude, we know what you're doing. All right, you're gone. Or here's here's 15 yards in sports running, like however you want to do it. But I think this does need to start being uh, officiated. Well, I want to give some takeaways of that game, the game, uh, what I saw. And I think Auburn found the running back in Whitlow and, um, and Chivers. I think those two are the running backs that will be able to run between the tackles and and run that zone read to keep the defense. Right now, Auburn's struggling to, to find. I mean, you lose Carrion Johnson, that's probably a lot bigger than, than I even thought it was going to be. But I think it's time to to get your offense with three or four new offensive linemen. I just think it's going to take a few games. And luckily for Auburn, they have Arkansas this week. We'll talk about Arkansas in a few minutes. Jonathan at home, and then they finally in October go to the that's going to usually start 
turning it on. But the season's not over for Auburn yet. They lost at home, yes, but they lost to at least it was a, an, an LSU team that's not currently ranked. So Auburn fell to number nine in the polls. Not bad. Not bad at all going from seven to nine. It was actually, I thought we'd go to 11 or 12. But they, they stayed in the top nine. But I just think, Jonathan, if Auburn cannot run the football, identity, even with Stidham, have to be able to run the football to play big boy football in the SEC. They're not going to beat Mississippi State on the road, Georgia, Bama, or any have a chance to beat those teams without being able to run the ball. And I would even say that against Texas A&M. So, do um, look, Auburn's a good ball club. Uh, you know, they they found their running backs, and this is a conversation you and I had. Uh, before the season started with Auburn, where um, they always have running backs. Y'all always got – it's like LSU, uh, you know, and, and Alabama. Y'all always have tailbacks, so this isn't an issue. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see more from Auburn as we get further into the season. But, look, I think the offense is good. Um, you know, they ran up against a really good defense and a really good defensive coordinator. And, look, LSU's got a competent quarterback, I mean, and that, that, I think that was the bigger takeaway from yesterday was when put in a situation in which, you know, the past five, you know, five or so years, LSU would have found a way to choke that game away with somebody like Danny Etling at quarterback. Uh, Joe Burrow kept a level head and was able to drive his team down the field and uh, not make the costly mistake. And, and that's what it was at the end of the day was, you know, Joe Burrow just didn't make a mistake. Uh when somebody else in the past would have. And then, you know, this LSU team is probably a better team than they've had in recent years. We'll see how they progress as they go further along. But I, I think the big takeaway from that game is Joe Burrow didn't screw up. And LSU might actually have a quarterback that can lead this team to a very good season. Whereas some of us thinking they were going to go anywhere from 6-6 six and six to 8-4 and four because of their schedule. But they've already taken, taken two of the bigger games in their schedule. Uh, you know, I mean, next up, you get Louisiana Tech coming off a bye week. That should be a win. But, you know, you start hitting that meat. You start hitting Mississippi State and A&M and Alabama and Georgia. Uh, you know, we'll see how it progresses. But, I mean, hats off to LSU for, for, for a hard-fought win yesterday. Yeah, and I think, you know, I haven't really talked about that. Can you hear me okay, Jonathan? I just lost total connect studio here. Yeah, you've been um, cutting in LSU. and out a little bit. I'll, I'll play. I'll play. I was second that. Correct. Can that? Yeah, Brian, you're on. Sorry about this, folks. <laughs> Technological issues. What else is new with Vlog uh, Talk Radio, right? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll find out more about this team as we progress further along into the season. Brian, let me know when you're back. Um, or I guess I'll let you know when you're back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting week. We saw some teams really survive some, some tough moments, and we saw other teams who just melted down when it mattered most. 
you know, somebody like an Arizona State team that just got run off the gym and, and uh, run off the field in the second half of their game. Um, you know, yeah, we we saw some teams in the ACC that just looked suspect, and at the other times we saw some teams that, you know performed really well, like a Duke team. Um, you know, and, and obviously uh, losing the eleven games like we did to Hurricane Florence, uh, you know, kind of just killed the slate a little bit. And, Hey Jonathan, how do you hear me now? Hey, there he is. I'm I'm having to call in from my computer, so do I sound okay? You sound great. Okay, my phone is dead, so or my connection, something's happened to where I have bad signal anyway, so I have to get a booster and it's not working. So if if I start sounding choppy or you can't hear me, please just let me know, okay? Yeah. Well, I, I was saying before I left that. I wanted to congratulate LSU and Ed Orgeron for having LSU came in and, you know, when they run out of the tunnel, man, I could tell they wanted to be there. I didn't sense that from Auburn as much. I just think Auburn really got beat up. They got pushed around yesterday and that surprised me a little bit. I think it surprised Auburn. LSU came into that game to win it, not to stay close, not to to battle. They came to win. And I, I really think Ed Orgeron's starting to put his culture in that system right now. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you give a coach a second year, right? I, I, <laughs> I, I love the Orgeron hire myself. I thought that he was the perfect guy for this job. Um, and, you know, obviously still plenty of time to figure all this out. But, uh, you know, the rewards are coming off. I mean, you already got your, your big wins over Miami and Auburn. Obviously, last year wasn't a, a, a horrible year. You know, I, LSU came to play, and Orgeron's really got this team going. Uh, yeah, he's an offensive coordinator that he trusts and respects, and Enzmaker who called a good game. I mean, this, this LSU team, you know, they could be pesky. You know, remember, Georgia and Alabama both got to travel to Death Valley this year. Well, what surprised me the most was, I love, I love the moxie of that quarterback, how he, he didn't seem to lose any confidence. And Auburn just couldn't get to him, really, and disrupt him. And you got to give the offensive coordinator credit for doing his homework and calling the right plays, Jonathan, to keep, to keep Auburn off balance. And it was 109 degrees. So when you keep trying to get after a quarterback and you keep missing him, really, and can't get to him, it wears you down. Even with the depth Auburn has, sometimes three deep on that defensive line, they were just LSU just warmed down. And uh, hats off to LSU, it really surprised me. And I wasn't joking with you, Jonathan, when I said that was my play of the week. It wasn't a homer pick. It was I really thought Auburn after last year would uh, come in there and take care of business. But let's move on to to Notre Dame Vandy, Jonathan. I mean Vandy, what a game! Seventeen twenty two on the road at Notre Dame, you've been right. The reason I'm bringing this game up is I think you've been right all along on Notre Dame, Jonathan. I think a lot of people, after they beat Michigan, were all talking about playoffs and everything, but you called it like, like it was. You said this is the same offense as last year. Is it the same offense as last year, or is it a little worse than last year? Uh, yeah, they're, they're having some struggles offensively. You're replacing uh, McGlinchey and Nelson on the left side of the offensive line. You lost your top receiver in Equimania St. Brown. You lost your top tight end in Durham Smith, uh, Smythe. You lost your top running back in Josh Adams. Brandon Winbush did not progress in the offseason. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this Notre Dame offense looks bad. 
And it's not like, oh, they look bad against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt must have a good defense. They look bad against Michigan outside of the first two drives. They look bad against Ball State. And now they look bad against Vanderbilt. And the big takeaway from yesterday's game was Vanderbilt gave that game away. There were five drives in a row where Vandy got into Notre Dame territory, and they came away with 10 points. I mean, you had, what was it, an interception, a fumble, a missed field goal. Like, you know, if Kyle Shermer can find a way to not turn that ball over as many times as he did, Vanderbilt wins that game. And that's not to say Vanderbilt's a good team. I mean, at the end of the day, we may be looking back on this and going, wow, this is no different than 2016 when Notre Dame, when Texas beat Notre Dame and everybody thought Texas was back and both the teams were bad. Like that, you know, that Notre Dame uh, Michigan game, we may look back and go, boo, neither one of those teams is really that good. Um, I, I, I'm just not a fan of Notre Dame, man. I mean, they threw for 326 yards, run for close to 100. They outgained Notre Dame in their home field. And, and I and you know me and you know Vanderbilt. It's not many times Vanderbilt goes on the road anywhere and outgains you in yards. So I I'm just 135 passing yards only against Vanderbilt. And yes, they do have an okay defense. You rush for 245, but I mean they outplayed you. What you got to look at? You're Notre Dame. It's your home in the second half. You got beat 14 to six. You know you. You took a 13-point lead in the halftime, but you're very fortunate to walk away with a win. That's why I took I took the points in Vanderbilt. I went 70% this week, not too bad. Uh, but I took those points because of Notre Dame's offense, you know, and I, it was a good win. But I, I wanted to throw that out there. Quinn is, is in hiding probably right now. He didn't want to come out here and talk about Auburn and, and Notre Dame probably, even though Notre Dame won. You know how Quinn is. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about your Florida State Seminoles and see where you're at with them. I know yesterday was a bad day to be a Florida State fan, but it is going to take some time. It, it is going to take some time, and I just want to ask you: Is Taggart giving him time? Is that going to really help him? Do you think he's capable of turning this program around? You know, I want I want to get mad about the play calling. I want to get mad about the fact that Francois was left in the, left in there for the entirety of the game. Um, <clears throat> you know, I want to get mad about how the defense was left out to dry. Because uh, in all honesty, the defense was playing really well, and then all of a sudden they were on the field. You know, mm-hmm. it seemed like every forty five seconds. Um, for Tiger to get this turned around, he's got to go get offensive linemen. More specifically, offensive tackles. You know, our big issue is the fact that, I mean, we had a a lineup yesterday with the offensive linemen where we were starting four guards around the center. And uh, that's just, it's not going to work because these guards, I mean, there there were plays where they didn't even get a hand on the defensive end. This is bad. This is a very bad performance. It is very disconcerting. Uh, I, I I knew this is we were going to be in for a year, but I mean, geez, man, it's Syracuse. They give up nine yards to play to Western Michigan. Like we, t- <laughs> Syracuse's starting quarterback got knocked out of the game. Like this shouldn't have been an issue. We, you know, if ugly or what, I don't care. But we got beat Syracuse, and the fact that we lost to Syracuse is, is disturbing. Uh, and I mean, it's one of the more embarrassing losses. 
that we've had in program history. And the unfortunate reality is that we've had some pretty embarrassing losses over the past couple of years. And, you know, I'm hoping we don't fall back into that, that the back end of that stretch with Coach Bowden where it's like, okay, well, we're going to go seven and six. I mean, at this point, getting to a bowl game is in question. And that's the one thing this fan base will not tolerate. Um, you know, Coach Taggart came out after the game and he said, look, we've, uh, we've got to win some fans back now. And it's very weird considering the message last week from some of the players and some of the other people inside of that department was, we don't care about the fans. We don't need their support anyways. Well, your coach says you do. So maybe everybody needs to get on the same damn page for a minute. Okay, look, I'll tell you what. We got Northern Illinois at home this week. It's parents weekend, okay? It's a 3.30 kick. Luckily, there ain't much else on. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, I, I have to go to the game for uh, for an academic reason. Because uh, personally, I don't want to go. But I have to go. It is what it is. We'll see what the crowd looks like. It ain't going to be a sellout. I'd be surprised if the student section's full. This is not good, and people are turning quickly. It's getting ugly amongst the fan base. You know, there's a GoFundMe out there right now. Uh, with the goal of raising the money to buy Taggart out already. Wow. Uh, which is $21 million. Like, this is, a, this is a rough spot to be in. I got to be honest, I turned the game off after the third quarter. I was like, nope, I'm not signing up for this. I already know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I dove headfirst into every other game I could and enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, hell, I had to get off Twitter uh, at one point just because it got, I mean, Everybody out there is just bashing FSU, and you just hit a point where you're like, I get it. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, we look bad. Yes, this has been really bad. Yes, the offensive line sucks. Oh, my. All right, cool. I get Fine. Everybody in the national media wants to start taking on FSU and treat this like it's some huge win for Syracuse when they were only a three-point underdog. I, I mean, that, that, that should tell you everything you need to know about the status of Florida State right now. We're double-digit favorites right now against Northern Illinois, and I'm going to be honest with you. We don't deserve that. We shouldn't be double-digit favorites over anybody right now, and I mean that. There is nobody we should be double-digit favorite over. And, look, just make a bowl game. That's all I ask. Just find a way to go 6-6, six and six and I'll be content. Otherwise, I mean, man, this is bad. I'm trying to find, trying to find that line. And, and, look, I know, you know, you lose to Virginia Tech. You, you kind of lay an egg early in the season. And I know as a fan – you're a logical fan. You're like, hey, give him time, you know, let him build his stuff. But losing to Virginia Tech is different than losing like 30-7 to 7 to to Syracuse. You know, I mean, that's, and that's where I think the fans are like you and some of the other ones. You're not going to tolerate losing to teams like that. You may not beat Clemson. You may not beat North Carolina State. Some teams like that, you may struggle at times, but you can't lose to Syracuse. You can't lose the teams like that. Taggart has enough talent on that team to win those games, I think. And that's, I mean, is he clueless over there? I mean, what is he doing to make the team better? I just, you know more about it than I do. I mean, of course you do. What do you think he's doing out there to make this better? Because this is a team that's, ever since I've been a kid, Florida State's been dominant. There's there's, there's no doubt Florida State's been Florida State. You know, now they're 11-point favorite over Northern Illinois. Florida State would usually be a 40-point favorite over Northern Illinois and cover. So what do you think he's doing to make it better? What, what do you see him doing, trying to do? 
Well, I mean, there's a, definitely a positive um, culture uh, being built. You know, last year it got real negative uh, inside and out. You know, Jimbo was was looking to looking to get out of Dodge. Um, and look, I mean, some of this does have to be blamed on Coach Fisher. Uh, you know, the offensive line being as bad as it is is because that's what he left Coach Taggart. And obviously, we've had some injuries, and that, and that doesn't help. But at the at the time, we've had offensive linemen that came in and were supposedly highly talented that were never developed. And so this falls back not only on Coach Fisher but Coach Trickett. Um, you know, as much as we all love Coach Trickett for for what he did for uh, for Florida State, I mean, look, man. He's part of the issue. Uh, you know, an offensive line, lineman that were never developed, that falls back on the previous offensive line coach. We'll see how it progresses. You know, I mean, Syracuse fans uh, were, were saying, look, man, it didn't, the offense didn't really click till week five, week six for us. And it's not that too far of a different of an offensive system. But, I mean, looking at it, I think that, uh, you know, you, it, when you get such bad offensive tackle play, to where your quarterback has two seconds to throw a ball, it's hard to run an offense that is going to find a way to to succeed. I mean, the only way we could probably salvage this season is if we switch to a triple option, and that's not going to happen. Um, so <laughs> uh, at this point, I'm very happy at what we've gotten from the defense. The defense looks miles better than last year. Uh, and, you know, what what we need to see now is we need to f- find a way to make the offensive line better, whether that's just running max protect, which we don't really have the tight ends for. But, I mean, trying to figure out a way to put as many blockers as we can, we should have six, seven guys blocking every play on a pass. And it's sad to say that, but that, that's, where, that's where we are as a program uh, right now. I'm willing to give Coach Taggart, obviously, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of, you know, a coach isn't, you know, on the hot seat really till year three. Uh, I, you know, I'm willing to give him till year three, which unfortunately is after I'll graduate. Um, you know, but I mean, he's got to go hit the Juco trail. We've got to get some offensive tackles in here who can play some ball uh, because, you know, freshman offensive tackles usually aren't ready to, to contend right away. I mean, this is also just a, an issue I see across college sports. Uh, you know, I watched Washington's offensive line struggle. Michigan's offensive line has struggled. Obviously, Notre Dame has had, had the, their issues. And, you know, and the issue is that we're not having as many good offensive linemen enter the college ranks. Uh, you're better off going and finding a two- or a three-star lineman and develop, developing them. I mean, your higher-drafted guys lately have come from smaller programs, mainly in the Midwest. You know, you look at schools like Wisconsin and Central Michigan and Kansas State and University of Texas San Antonio. I mean, you look at that middle, you know, that middle swath, the central time zone, and you can pluck out some linemen. Uh, the Southeast just isn't really producing them anymore. There's everybody everybody who could be a good offensive lineman is going to the defensive side of the ball now. Well, Jason, you you you've seen Taggart at Oregon. What do you what do you think is going on with him at Florida State? Do you think he do you think he can turn it around? And did you think he was going to turn around in Oregon before he left? Well, I, I think it's going to turn around to Florida State, one, because it's his dream job, and two, he knows the expectation at Florida State. Um, I, I thought he was going to turn around Oregon um, before he left. Um, saying that, I'm very happy with Cristobal. Um, with with efforts, you, you're going to um, 
you're going to have to give Tiger time. One, you guys have a great defense, very good. Bad news, they're always on the field because the yeah. offense can't convert a third down. They went one for 14 or one for 17 on third down, and when your defense is always on the field, they're going to get tired regardless who they are. Yeah. Well, one game that happened yesterday that made me happy, I know my Tigers lost, but Wisconsin lays an egg, loses 24-21 to to BYU. One thing, I'm like giddy because, Jonathan, I don't have to hear Wisconsin's undefeated and, you know, they don't play anybody, but they got beat yesterday. They got out physical, out manned against BYU. And uh, I know you're probably a little surprised about that, Give me your thoughts on the Big Ten and Wisconsin right now. Yesterday was a very embarrassing day for the Big Ten, if you didn't know. Oh, God, yesterday was, I mean, outside of uh, Ohio State, uh, you know, being able to pull out that WN and, uh, you know, I mean, Purdue put up a great fight against a good Missouri team. Um, And it was a very bad day. Uh, Northwestern lost to Akron. Akron hadn't beaten a Big Ten team. Since 1894, when they beat Ohio State, their head coach was John Heisman. Um, you know, I mean, the week before, Purdue lost to Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan has more wins in the Big Ten over, I think it is, the past two years um, than, like, Purdue, Maryland, Rutgers. I mean, it's, it's bad. It was a very bad day for the conference overall. Northwestern uh, was one of the worst second halves you'll ever see. I mean, two pick sixes and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. That game completely swung. Um I, you know, look, Wisconsin ran into a team who ran, who could do the same things they did and with a better quarterback at the end of the day. I mean, you know, Tanner Mangum is a better quarterback than Alex Hornibrook. A lot of people were projecting Hornibrook to progress and be better this year. Uh, me personally, I didn't think Wisconsin was going to win their division. <laughs> so it just gets them out of my way earlier. Would I like to have seen Wisconsin undefeated going to Iowa? Yes, just because it would have been more, more fun, but Oh. It doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, at the end of the day, Wisconsin's just got to – they're, they're going to finish 8-4, and 9-3. and three. I mean, we're, whoever wins the Big Ten is going to win the Big Ten anyways. It don't matter. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's all about really Ohio State-Penn State game in two weeks. So who's – like Texas loses to Maryland um, in Maryland a couple weeks ago. Temple goes into Maryland, blows Maryland out. Temple gets their first win. Texas – played USC and won last night, and Texas is back. You know, Texas fans are acting like they're back again. I think we can all say this whole conclusion, USC is very, very bad this year. Is that is that a true statement I could say? They suck. The Pac-12 South as a whole is very bad this year. Uh, when the only undefeated team left in the Pac-12 South, Colorado, and nobody expected Colorado to get anything better really than six and six. UCLA is is bad and that's a year zero. It's a complete rebuild for Chip Kelly. I am not I mean, he's starting a true freshman quarterback who probably shouldn't be playing. I, I have you know, UCLA, you you progress and develop and do what you gotta do this year. I don't care. Uh you know, I didn't think they win more than three, four games. I mean, USC starting a seventeen year old kid at quarterback. They're starting a lot of freshmen. This is the first time for Clay Hilton without Sam Darnold. Uh, so we'll actually get to see how good of a coach Clay Helton is, I think, next year. I think this year is really a development year. I mean, the, the key players on that team are all true freshmen, whether it's 
um, you know, Amon St. Brown, JT Daniels. I know they got a linebacker kid that they like re- they, they like a lot, think he's going to be the next great USC linebacker. He's a true freshman as well. Yeah, uh, Arizona State got just worked. They're going to give him time. Are they going to give him next year? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to give him that long. The fan base has been very uncomfortable with Clay Helton because, I mean, look, he's 1-10 against the spread as an underdog. Um, and that's, that's obviously not very good. Uh, so, you know, Clay Helton has won the games he's supposed to, and he's lost the games he's supposed to, if you will. Uh, I mean, they, they, yeah, it, they're just uncomfortable with him because of the Alabama game, because of, um, you know, Ohio State. And, I mean, granted, they won a Rose Bowl not too long ago. Uh, what was that, 2016? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think they all need to relax a little bit, give Clay a year. Uh, you know, next year maybe you put them in the hot seat and say, hey, look, man, you got to do something. But it's a young team. I mean, I mean Kevin Sumlin probably shouldn't have been hired from the way Arizona looked. Um, you know, Utah has no offense whatsoever. I mean, the Pac-12 South very – the Pac-12 South very bad. Um, the Big Ten West does not look good. The You know, even the SEC East outside of, of, of Georgia, I'm not sure that they're all that competent either. Um, you know, I mean, this is this is strange. There's a lot of parity in college football right now uh, amongst all the teams who aren't competing for a title. So you're going to see a lot of uh, six and six, seven and five, five and seven teams. And, and it's just, you know, the Pac-12 North is going to come down to Washington, Stanford, Oregon. The bit, the bit, you know, well, the Pac-12 in general. The Big Ten is going to come down to Ohio State, Penn State. The SEC is coming down to Georgia. And then, you know, Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. Uh, you know, the, the ACC at, the ACC as a whole doesn't look terrible. Uh, Boston College looks like a good team. North Carolina State looks like a good team. But, like, the ACC's issue is that when you look at it from a national standpoint, the three teams you think about in that conference are Florida State, Miami, and Clemson. Florida State looks bad. Miami looks bad. Clemson don't look that good. Um, you know, so, I mean, so it, it's very troubling uh, seeing how much – that college football is just kind of meh, and you know you have your great teams and everybody else is kind of in a pile together. Um, you know they, they, they've really got a. There's going to be a lot of soul searching during the season and the off season coming up because there's a lot of programs with new coaches that are going to expect a whole heap of a lot of improvement in year two, that we can't be certain is going to come. And there's a lot of coaches that might not have been on the hot seat because they had a good fluke fluke year last year. That all of a sudden it's going to be, hey, um, you know, we went seven and five. What's going on? I mean, you know, so I, this year I think it's the story is going to be, oh look, Boston College is seven and zero. Oh, how fun! Um, and then it's going to be, okay, well Alabama is decimating people, and you know we can't. Oklahoma's running roughshod over the Big Twelve, and we can't wait to see you know a playoff that has you know an Oklahoma and an Alabama and. And Penn State in it, and you know maybe even like a Stanford. You know that could actually be an interesting playoff because those are clearly the four best teams. This is definitely a year where we're going to get a playoff where there really shouldn't be any debate. Hey Jason, how long do you think they're going to leave Clay Helton in, in USC? He should have get a pass for this year. Um, like Jonathan oh, said, that their fan base is really unpatient. Um, they well, have I a seventeen. Why? Why give him another year? Why? Because he has a seventeen-year-old kid playing in the most. I don't give a damn. I mean, he's a quarterback. 
don't care. He's a head coach at USC, and they shouldn't be losing the games they are. So, I mean, when he goes five and seven this year or six and six, do you think they're going to let him come back and, and coach? I mean, this quarterback, what if he doesn't get better this year? What if he he doesn't show – now, if he shows signs of improvement and they end up winning a game or two, they shouldn't. Maybe, but I think they're going to run him out mid-year. The South is very winnable for USC. We got us what happened last night. So. Yeah, but USC wants to be winning championships. And I know you. Want, I know we're an impatient fan bases and everything, uh, but USC is not, not satisfied with making a conference championship and, and getting skull drugged mm-hmm. by, by whoever they play. But I, I could be wrong, but I just – I just think USC is if they don't get rid of him, they're going to be in a heap of trouble. And Jason, do you think Texas is back now that they they won over USC, or is it just USC is that bad? Because now Dustin Porterfield thinks Texas is back. Herman's the the best thing since sliced bread because they beat USC last night. But he's ready to fire him week one and week two, and uh, here we are week three. So Texas. Do you, do you feel better about them after that game, or do you still the same? I feel better, but they're not back. They they got to beat Oklahoma, and I no, you can beat, beat USC Oklahoma. every year, but if they don't beat Oklahoma, they're not back. Yeah. Well, your Oregon Ducks. I mean, what do you think about the San Jose State game? It looks like that game was a little too close for comfort. Thirty-five twenty-two. Three and zero. So when when does Oregon start playing their meat of their schedule? Do you think when's that first tough game? Um, we got Stanford next week. Game days in the Eugene. Uh, hey, um, Oregon didn't look good yesterday, but it was a prime example of looking ahead. And oh. I'm sure the coaches will let Oregon hear about it. I apologize. Hold on. I don't know. My, my computer is going crazy. I like to recommend it anywhere from three to four minutes. All right. Sorry about that. See, I'm not used to talking on the computer here. Do I still sound okay, though? The sound? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to find that Oregon game, that Oregon-Stanford game here, the line. Oregon is a one-point underdog. Huh. Oregon yeah, I, I, have a, I like Oregon in this game, Jason. I, I do, too. Um, I, I think Oregon could really come out. They got to start off fast. Um, if they do that, they should be in um, very good shape. Well, Stanford's not a road team. They're not one of those teams. And the speed Oregon plays at and everything. Jonathan, this is going to be – a phenomenal matchup here week um, week four. I think we're starting to get into some good games, some good conference games now. So uh, I think we could be in for a good Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I looked at the slate overall, and you know, I wasn't thoroughly impressed. But I mean, this is this is a big game. Um, you know, I, I I I'm excited for it. I mean, and Bryce Love took the week off, so he's healthy for this one. Uh, you know the 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 one thing is that Oregon hasn't really played anybody, so this is really going to be their their first test. Uh, we'll we'll get a better feel for what Oregon is, especially with Justin Herbert. He you know I mean people are 
believe, and even I believe, he could be a first-round pick talent uh, at quarterback. So we'll see how Oregon uh, plays. I mean, Stanford looks like they have a pretty good offense, and their defense looks to be better than what people expected. Uh, you know, some people were down on their defense this year. The defense looks good. I mean, I'm excited for this one. I think I think we got a good uh, a good contest there in Eugene. In fact, it's the ABC game. It's the prime time game. You know, I think yeah. that's perfect. It, you know, I love watching a Pac-12 game that's not at midnight every time. I do. I love those eight o'clock games. And and let's look at the schedule for next week. I mean, there's there's not too much more to to really say about this week in college football. I did want to, like I always do. I like to at least go over the top ten and, and get y'all's thoughts real quick. And we don't talk coaches poll because we, we said that last week. We won't mention it again. But Alabama, number one, of course. No drama there. Uh, Georgia, number two. They hop Clemson. Clemson, number three. Ohio State's number four. Oklahoma, five. LSU, six. After that big win on the road. Stanford at seven. Notre Dame at eight somehow. They're still in the top ten. Auburn at number nine. They didn't fall but two places. And Penn State and Washington are tied for ten. Jason, uh, give me your thoughts of the top ten. Who doesn't belong if you see somebody in there? Who is anything wrong in there? Do you see somebody that should be in there that's not? Notre Dame is going to be in there. Um, I, I know that for a fact. Um, and Washington is should be. Probably at that 11 to 15 range. Um, like Jonathan said, Washington to Utah, that was the game that said, hey, you win, no, you win, no, you win, and Washington won. So, so, so when when is Washington getting their All-American left tackle back? Um, I read that he was done for the season. Okay. Yeah, so did I. Uh, ESPN said last night, like, well, you know, they ha they 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 haven't really said anything about his status and blah blah blah. And I'm like, there was an article posted in in Seattle, you know, the Seattle paper saying he's done for the year. You know, I know they're hopeful he can come back this year, but it probably ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, you know why Auburn didn't drop out of the top ten, don't you? And I, I don't like that it. many other teams that belong. Well, that, but, but I think they're trying to be like the committee, the AP poll is, trying to at least reward Auburn for playing somebody uh, week one. They had a big win against Washington. Uh, they they played LSU. So two of their first three games are against pretty good schools where, you know, you just can't drop people all the time because they lose a game. And somebody beat Citadel, the school of the deaf, and the school of the blind, and they're ahead of them. So one, one thing I thought of in the poll is that they would probably put Washington ahead of Auburn and this early in the season, you really can't do that. Now, if this was later in the season, you could. But, uh, Jonathan, I'm I'm skeptical of Stanford a little bit in the top ten, and I'm skeptical skeptical of LSU and Notre Dame. Those six, seven, and eight, those three teams right there, and LSU's schedule is going to get them, like you said. It's, it's going to be tough. I hope LSU wins the rest of them in a way. Uh, but – what do you think about those three teams, or is there somebody else you're looking at? I, I mean, if I look at the top ten in general, you know, I mean, I if I had to pick a team that's not top, well, two teams, Washington and Notre Dame to me aren't top ten teams. Everybody else in there I like. I like Stanford. I think Stanford's a good ball club. 
you know, I like LSU. I mean, as much as I think Clemson's average compared to everybody else, they're probably a top 10 team. Um, and I think part of the other reason, if you look at if you look at the AP poll, number 12 is West Virginia. Number 14 is Mississippi State. 15, Oklahoma State. 16, UCLA. Like, these are all non-traditional teams. So the AP poll is just as perplexed as all of us as far as who's good and who's not. I mean, Miami's still hanging around at 21. A&M entered. You know, I, I think, you know, you, you look at the poll in general, some of these teams are getting some love that they shouldn't be getting. Um, you know, we, we need to pay attention to some of these undefeated teams that, that are still playing ball because, you know, it's the conversation I've always had is to be undefeated, you still got to be good. Uh, I don't care if it's three games in or, or, or nine games in. Uh, you know, if you play somebody and you're undefeated, you're good. Uh, you know, I mean, it, I think this year the group of five is a lot is better than anticipated. So, I, you know, I, I think UCF's a team that is going to be up there at the end of the year. And honestly, watching UCF, I think they should be a top ten team. That looks like a top ten team to me. Yeah. Well, when we look at the top ten, yeah, A&M got some love. BYU barely cracked the poll. What's funny is Wisconsin's 18, BYU's 25. I know you can't jump them up all the way, but. I don't know. You lose a game like that at home. It's just when you lose a non-rated team, they're probably ranked about 40th, 45th, and you lose like that. I think you should drop lower than 18th, but we'll see. Horny Brooks, not the guy that's going to lead this team to the Big Ten championship. But, yeah, let's look at next week. Um, Looking at some games here, let's start at the top. I'm just going through. Washington State at USC. I think that's on Friday night. I don't think we have really any Thursday. Thursday night we have Temple Temple and Tulsa. Nobody cares about that. Um, we're just trying to find some games we can talk about here. That, um, or I'm just looking. See, at the hell, Jonathan, it's not as good as I thought. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. not, that, not that entertaining here. Notre Dame on the road at Wake Forest. Um, that could be interesting. Um, God. Stanford, Oregon's the game of the day. Here's one, Florida, Tennessee. I mean, um, <laughs> Florida's a four-and-a-half-point favorite in Knoxville, and it's kind of like Florida's on Tennessee lately, Jonathan, in Neyland Stadium at night. Do you think Tennessee can, can pull off the upset? Uh, no. I think this is a year zero for Tennessee. It looks like Pruitt's tearing it down. He's going to rebuild it uh, starting next year. Uh, would I love Tennessee to win this game? Obviously. Do I think they can? Pro- probably not. Tennessee don't look that good. Uh, I mean, they beat UTEP 24-0, and UTEP, UTEP's pretty damn bad. Uh, you know, you can call it a look-ahead game all you want, but at this point, Tennessee can't be looking ahead anybody. Yeah. Mississippi State, a night game. Well, John – Sorry, Jason, I skipped you. You think Tennessee's gonna win this? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the upset on this one and just say Tennessee gets first SEC win under Pruitt, and uh, I don't know how many more he'll get this year, but this could this could really win him over with the fans, right, Jason? If he could knock off Florida, and uh, I think the fans will start falling in love with him. A a good good fan um, appreciation, but I think Florida gets him. Okay. Mississippi State on the road, Jason, at Kentucky. Mississippi State's a 10-point favorite. This game intrigued me a little bit. 
Kentucky played that great game in the swamp and won. They have a dynamic quarterback that's an athlete. Um, is Mississippi State a little too much for Kentucky? I think yes. What do you think, Jason? I like Kentucky with a former Oregon quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan, who do you like in this one? I think Mississippi State's offense would be too much for Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's a running offense. Um, you know, the only way they can win this game is with uh, some real good ball control, uh, and you're going to have to limit your turnovers. And in all reality, you're going to have to force a couple turnovers. Uh, you know, I'm going to take Mississippi State to win this game. But, I mean, that would be fun as hell. Yeah. Well, I'm never going to pick Auburn and talk about them covering any more spreads ever again, but uh, they're a 25-and-a-half-point favorite over Arkansas. This game's in Auburn. Jonathan, if they don't cover this game, they ought to fall out of the top 15. Looking at Arkansas, they they give up a punt return for a touchdown because they don't even know what a fair catch looks like if, if somebody does it. But don't you think Auburn should cover the 25-and-a-half against Arkansas, or is this back in conference play, Arkansas will start playing good. Usually what happens, Arkansas, even with Brett Bielema, they would lay an egg the first couple games of the season and then come in the SEC and start playing very well. Do you see them being able to play an Auburn uh, night game? No. I mean, the way they lost Colorado State and then how they got dismantled by North Texas was very bad on them. I think this is a year zero as well. For uh, for Arkansas, it's going to be a complete rebuild year for Chad Morris. Uh, you know, this game will be closer than it should be for probably a half, just because you know it's the whole letdown effect of uh, the LSU game the week before. But I mean, Auburn will win by double digits in the second half. You know, by by the time we get to the fourth quarter, this won't be a game anymore. Well, usually, and this is not like end of last year, but coming off a loss, Auburn usually pours it on somebody. But again. We're still in September. This offense still has to find itself. And I, I don't look for a lot of passing against this game, Jason. I look for Auburn just to run the rock, figure out a way to get that offensive line gelling with the running game. Because without it, it doesn't. the season doesn't really matter. What do you think? Arkansas, are they going to come in and pull the upset? No, I, I like Auburn. Um, Arkansas looks terrible. Uh, no matter who they play, so Arkansas is going to get a butt whooping. Well, here's a good game right here, Jonathan. TCU on the road at Texas. TCU is a two-and-a-half point favorite. I think TCU is going to be spitting fire after that game. Um, Texas, you know how inconsistent they are, win one, lose one. I like TCU in this game. Call me crazy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick TCU to go on the road and beat Texas. I like TCU as well. I just don't. Texas is very young still, especially defensively. They're very young. Um, you know, I think TCU, um, I think they can take advantage and, and get on Texas. I mean, this is still, what, year two for Herman? Uh, you know, we, we've got to, you know, wait till next year before we give a referendum on them. Uh, but, I mean, I'm with you, man. I think this TCU team, after that, that tough loss to Ohio State, but knowing that they can beat Ohio State if they avoid mistakes, I think they're they going to whoop up on some teams uh, coming up. Jason, who do you like? TCU in a fourth quarter comeback. All right. Well, here's an interesting game, and my question to you, Jonathan, is Vanderbilt 
getting a little bit too much love going on the road and playing close to Notre Dame, South Carolina comes to town. Only a, it opened a one. It's a two and a half point favorite now. I think South Carolina just got too much of a team really to lose to Vanderbilt. I'm gonna go with South Carolina and probably a ten point game, but I don't think Vanderbilt's gonna be able to repeat that performance that they had this week. And the game's gonna be ugly. I mean, that's how South Carolina plays. That's how Vanderbilt plays. The game's really not gonna be that fun to watch. But I'm with you, man. I think South Carolina's at least a touchdown better than, than Vanderbilt. They're 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 gonna get after them. Over under nineteen. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, under. Yeah, I know, right? Um, here's a game. Georgia at I mean, look, it's a noon kickoff. Things happen. Georgia goes to Missouri, a fourteen point favorite. I mean, this is a Jason, I'll start with you. Missouri can sling it. They've given Georgia fits. And even last year, they put up a lot of points on Georgia. Do you smell upset on this one, or are you going with the dogs? I smell upset, but I think Georgia pulls it out at the end. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the best matchup on the noon slate. Um I think Georgia wins, but Missouri, I mean, last year Missouri gave them fits for a half, and I think we'll see that again. Missouri will give them a little bit of a hard time. There's going to be some points scored in this game. You can bet on that. Uh, But, I mean, I think Georgia wins 42-24. I mean, that's a good pick. And I don't know why CBS is showing up in Tuscaloosa so they can get on their knees to Nick Saban, I guess. But Alabama – Alabama, 25-point favorite over A&M. And I, I really think Vegas is going to have to start putting the point spread at about 40. Uh, it doesn't matter who they play because Alabama's capable of running it up on anybody. I mean, if they made Ole Miss look like, which they are, a high school team last night, and they, they did that. A&M, I still think the nation is still thinking that A&M is somewhat decent from almost beating Clemson and putting all those yards on Clemson. I'm thinking this game is going to be about, I'd say, 44 to 13. What do you think, Jonathan? I think Alabama destroys them. They may beat them worse than that. But A&M has never matched up too well with Alabama. 54 to 10. Look, I mean, the whole reason they're there is so that, uh, you know, oh, it's Jimbo against Saban, and, you know, Jimbo's such a good coach, and, you know, he'll have something for Saban's defense, and blah, blah, and you look, man, <laughs> bro, y'all can wish it. Y'all can put it, put as much you want into existence. Jimbo's rebuilding the team as well. There's a reason why A&M fired Kevin Sumlin. It's not because he was doing that good of a job. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of intrigue around this game because people want to see how Jimbo does against Saban in his first go-around, and maybe this will be a, a very competitive matchup in the years forward. But this year, nah, bro. I mean, Alabama's going to drop 50-plus on damn near yeah. everybody. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, look, and this doesn't mean Jimbo's a bad coach. This doesn't mean A&M is not going to make strides this year, Jason. But usually when 
teams play Alabama, they fall apart for a few weeks after. Um, I think Bama destroys A&M, Jason. I think Kellen Mond gets raped. I mean, this remember, this is on the road. He was at home against Clemson, and it's a little different when you're playing in College Station when you're playing at UAT. So what do you think, Jason? You pick, you smelling an upset here? No, I haven't got a Bama Rose. I don't think they get tested to us here in Auburn, and I don't feel comfortable saying that. Uh, I don't think Auburn could hold Alabama's jock right now. I'm, I'm so glad that game's in November and not right now because Bama would be a 25-point favorite over Auburn, too, in cover. Uh, but here's a game I'm looking forward to, Jonathan. And, Jason, I'm sure you are, too. You won't be watching it, but I will record this game. You mentioned it the other night, Jonathan. Wisconsin, 8.30 p.m. kickoff at Iowa. Wisconsin's a four-point favorite. I love Iowa in this game. I love them. Yeah, Iowa's going to probably – I mean, I'll have to look through it uh, some more. But Iowa's probably going to be my upset of the week. Uh, I just love Kinnick at night. Once that sun goes down, there's some magic in them cornfields that leads to Iowa winning a ball game. I mean, you know, the, how many times have they knocked off a, a, a top 10 team or, or, you know, I mean, last year they came close against Penn State. Uh, like I said, I wish Wisconsin was undefeated going into this, but the game's going to still matter to Iowa. I think Iowa uh, will win the Big Ten West, and this is their first game on the road to that. How much could I get a ticket for, you think, if I was to fly up to Iowa, go scalp a ticket? How much do you think it would cost me to get a good ticket into that game? Uh, right I'm now, I'm saying the cheapest ticket's a buck forty-nine. A dollar forty-nine? No, a hundred forty-nine. <laughs> I can come up with a dollar forty-nine, but after after pissing away my money at Auburn, I'm not going back. Um, so I'm trying to find another. <laughs> I'm trying to find another team I can support this year and not, not get so emotional into it. So Iowa seems like that team. Hell, I may even I may even become a, let's see, Mississippi State fan before it's all said and done. I don't know. But I'll find somebody that, that I can support. Well, let's, let's talk about some great NFL football real quick. I mean, and then we'll finish with some baseball a little bit and talk about that. But let's Let's start out, Jonathan, the Colts, underdog six points, went on the road and just dominated the Washington Redskins. Washington looked real good last week. The Colts, we, we found out the Cincinnati Bengals weren't as bad as we thought. You know, uh, the Colts, 21-9, I mean, very impressive. Wouldn't you think Andrew Luck coming out had a good game? Indianapolis held somebody to nine points. I can't believe that, but very impressed with Indian that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Washington's running backs had 16 carries for 22 yards. Uh, You want to know why this game went the way it did? There it is. You know, I mean, when you look at, you know, Indianapolis, who had over 100 yards rushing uh, from their backs today, uh, you know, the the Colts look like they're going to be a good team again with Andrew Luck. Uh, You know, still we'll have to wait and see how, uh, you know, how good the team is defensively as we get along. As I'm looking at their leading tacklers from the game, and I don't recognize the top three names. Um, but, you know, I mean, good on Andrew Luck to 
to get another win here. Uh, Alex Smith looked good in a losing effort. This Washington team is going to be pesky. But, you know, yeah, I mean, good win for the Colts, man. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, I'm going to have to take a couple-minute break right here. So if you can talk about the Panthers-Falcons game real quick, and I'll be right back. Yeah, of course, no issue. Uh, the Falcons, very good win today. It was a very good game. Uh, you know, 31-24 final, uh, if y'all didn't see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I don't know if it was that close. You know, Atlanta was up 31-17. Carolina got a touchdown. Uh, then at the end of the game, I mean, they were they were in Atlanta territory when time just ran out on them. Uh you know, you know, good performance from Matt Ryan today. Kevin Coleman did a great job on the ground. Cam Newton looked good throwing the ball around. Uh, you know, a little, little bit of a, you know, I mean, defense was very optional. Uh, both teams over five yards to carry. Uh, you know, uh, both teams were able to move the ball to the to the air. I mean, it just came down to to little mistakes here and there. Uh, that's you know, Atlanta, Carolina had injuries all over the place, same as Atlanta. It's a good game. I, mean, I think we're we're in for, uh, you know, another good season for both teams. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, this this game was very good. It was back back and forth. Um, just Carolina ran out of time. Um, it's that AFC South. It's going to be very interesting. You talk about what Tampa Bay's doing. They're two and zero with. They're back up quarterback and the Saints barely beat the Browns. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the NFC South looks like it could be very tough this year. Oh, well. Uh, you know, like you said, the Bucks won today. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 400 yards and four touchdowns again uh, against an Eagles team who, I mean, look, man, it's, it's not the same Eagles team as last year that had Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey leading the way. Uh, the big thing for the Bucks today, um, granted they gave up over 300 yards passing again, uh, was that they were able to shut down the Philly running game for the most part, limited in 3.8 yards of carry. Uh, you know, I mean the Bucks couldn't run the ball to save their lives. They wanted 1.9, but you know when Fitzpatrick's having a day, he had. Uh, you know, you don't really need to run the football. Um, you know, and then, I mean, the Saints obviously struggled today. Uh, Eakin won out over Cleveland. But, I mean, this is still a good Saints team. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. They'll get Mark Ingram back uh, soon. I want to say he's suspended two more games. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, Alvin Kamara has proven he's a stud. And Michael Thomas may be one of the best receivers in the NFL. Yeah, so steroids, I mean, another Bama player suspended for steroids. <laughs> you know what I mean, you buddy. Let that go. Yeah, Cleveland, man. What is it going to take them to get a win? A lot of luck, man. I mean, I watched Tyrod Taylor, and God, he just. I think it's time. I think if you put Baker Mayfield in, let him play. It's going to take him a little bit to get up to speed and do that, but you got a better chance of winning with Baker Mayfield, Jonathan, than Tyrod Taylor. I'm telling you. I mean, probably. I like Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod didn't have a bad game. Um, I think Cleveland's bigger issue is the fact that they don't really have skill position guys that, that threaten you, at least at, at receiver and tight end. You know, uh, Antonio Callaway had another touchdown, and, you know, he, he's looking good considering he missed 
all of last season, uh, college-wise, for um, for off-the-field antics. Jarvis Landry's good, but you don't really have a third receiver. You don't really have a tight end that can, that can stretch the field and get at it. The running backs just don't really contribute uh, in the passing game. And as far as running goes, I mean, they're having a hard time running the ball right now. You know, look, Cleveland, it took them six turnovers to tie Pittsburgh. Uh, and just downright ugly weather. And they go and play on the turf. You know, they have that, that collapse against the Saints and, you know, the kicking game woes where, you know, your kicker misses both extra points and two field goals. You know, you can look back at the game and say, this is why you lost. Uh, it, it, it's tough. Uh, you know, the, the Browns just, they're in a very tough spot. Uh, you know, it's going to take some time. I mean, I don't know if Hugh Jackson is the coach or not. You know, maybe they need to get somebody else in there. I don't know. I don't know if another coach can fix this. You know, I mean, yeah. this is this is a mess, man. I mean, this is 1976 Bucks type mess. Yeah, I would just leave him in there. Uh, we've got a caller from the 706. My studio's been down. Let's bring him on. 706, who are you and where are you from? Seven oh six area code. You're on you're on way in sports. Do you want to talk or not? I guess the seven oh six don't want to talk. I'm I'll bring him back on. Okay, seven oh six. I'm not gonna give your phone number out, but I'm gonna come to you one more time, buddy. You got your number one hit. Uh you're on way in sports. Who is this? Well, I can't keep wasting time. Hey, dude, you're out. So you can listen. Thanks for joining us, but can't keep going back and forth. So uh, let me tell you a game I like today, John or Jason, was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a, a shootout, 42-37. Both of my quarterbacks, uh, I, I played Big Ben today in Cam. Both of them went off, but the big boy – Jason, uh, I left him on my bench for Kansas City. What do you think? Are the Steelers in trouble right now? 0-1-1, no Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they had no answer to stop Kansas City. Well, yeah, that defense looks awful. And another thing is Big Ben and Antonio Brown is on two different books because they cannot hook up to save a life. Yeah, they they didn't. I mean, Jonathan, I'm not going to say they're in trouble because they can score a lot of points, but they're going to have to do something about that defense, and I think they do need Le'Veon Bell, but I just don't think he's going to be back with them. I mean, Pittsburgh didn't even try to run the ball today. They had 13 carries, and that includes two uh, by Roethlisberger, uh, and it's just because Kansas City jumped out to a 21 nothing lead, and at that point, I mean, it's throw, throw, throw. 60 times, Roethlisberger aired it out. You know, for 452 yards, Juju Smith had a great game. Jesse James, their tight end, had a good game. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown was, I mean, kept in track. He was targeted 17 times, uh, caught nine of them for 67 yards. Uh, but I think the big story today is Patrick Mahomes had more touchdown passes than incompletions. Uh, he had five incompletions. Yeah, I'm Patrick Mahomes had a big game. Uh, he he's looked very good so far. This Kansas City offense looks very good once again under Andy Reid. Uh, you know, I 
Kansas City could cause some trouble now that they have a dynamic quarterback. Uh, you know, with Alex Smith, they, they really couldn't threaten you too much offensively just because of his limitations. Uh, uh, but Patrick Mahomes looks like the real deal. No, I was made fun of for dropping Brady, but guess who I drafted with my first pick in the keeper league? Patrick Mahomes. Guess who I <laughs> did a turnaround pick? Ben Roethlisberger. So, I mean, I'm. do you think I've made a good decision by getting Mahomes right there? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you helped me with that decision. So, I appreciate it. So, so Brady, yeah. you know, you know, Brady is Brady, but 41 years old, and I don't care what you say, what anybody tells me, there's some controversy in that locker room uh, in the ownership. But I'm very impressed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Jason. At home, the Patriots coming in uh, up 21-3, to the Jags at halftime. They didn't really stop. You know, they kept trying to play. They scored 10 points in the second half to win 31-20. How good is this Jacksonville team? And are you are you ready to say that they're the best team in the AFC right now? They're the best team in the division. That's the only way I could say it. Um, hey, they, they got a good defense and a good running game, and Blake Ward is, is improving as a passer. Um, they could really um, be at the same game that they were last year. That was the Yeah, if you'd have told me that one quarterback would have 377 and four touchdowns and one pick, and one quarterback would have 235 and two touchdowns, I would think Brady would have the 377, but that wasn't the case. But Jacksonville, to me, Jonathan, I think they are the best team in the AFC, and, and that's a statement win today for them. Oh, the big win, uh, for sure, statement. Definitely cements themselves as a contender. And like you said, possibly the best team uh, in the conference. I think everybody's hesitant to crown them that just because New England has been the best team for so long um, in, in the conference. But, look, man, you kept Brady in check. They couldn't run the ball. Jacksonville's got a very good defense. And offensively, they have so many weapons. Uh, with guys, I mean, Fournette didn't play today, and you still got a very good performance from Yeldon, Corey Grant, uh, you know, at receiving-wise, Keelan Cole, Didi Westbrook, Moncrief, Cesarian Jenkins. Like, there's a lot of talent on this Jaguars team, and it was all about can Bortles take the next step. And, and from what we saw today, it looks like he might be on his way to doing so. Uh, I mean, the big question mark with New England coming into the year was defense, uh, losing Matt Patricia, uh, to the head coach job of the Detroit Lions, and that secondary was iffy last year. And, I mean, Bortles just torched them today. So, I mean, Jacksonville, hey, that's a very, that's a damn good team, I'll tell you what. Well, 706 number here. Press one one more time. We're going to try to bring him on. Uh, you're on Way In Sports. Who's this and where are you from? Hey, dude, do you know how to work a telephone? Hello. All right, 706, you're on mute or you don't know how to operate it, but when you press that number one, you come into my queue. So we won't bring him back on. Sorry about that, guys. Um, looking at it, 
we will talk about that game, the Patriots. But I'm going to tell you who I think the best team in football is right now. The the Rams, Jonathan. 34 to nothing over the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals aren't that great right now, but this team is dominant. I mean, good defense. They can run the ball. Gurley looks like uh, a force to be reckoned with. Jared Goff can hit all of his weapons. He looks like a mature quarterback. I mean, could it be the Rams? I know we're in week two, but the Rams and the Jags look like the best teams to me right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, those clearly do look like the two best teams and two teams that have uh, have an insane amount of talent. Uh, you know, just looking at the Rams and the receiving cores with guys like Cooper Cups and Brandon Cook, uh, Robert Woods, and then you know, obviously the the great running back and Todd Gurley and Golf really has taken that next step forward. You know, the the Rams. I mean, they looked good last year. I, you know, they took their lumps. You, you gotta learn how to win before you win, right? Um, you know, I, I mean, the Rams looked great today. Uh, a lot of people were thinking the Cardinals could uh, keep this a close one, and oh boy, and it's got ugly quick. Well, I love the way they went for two every time. Just about their kicker was hurt or something, but man, they made going for two look easier than kicking extra points. So that may be something they need to to do but but what that does is it makes other teams have to use practice time for that and uh worry about those two-point conversions because giving it to Gurley at the two-yard line hell that's easy I mean that's, that's all they would do but Jared Goff 354 354 yards a touchdown and a pick uh Brandon Cooks had 159 receiving Gurley I don't think he went 100 but he had several couple touchdowns but Listen to this, Sam Bradford, 90 yards and a pick. When is it time to bring the rookie in, Jason? I mean, Bradford, it's just time for you to go wash cars somewhere. Uh, 90 yards and a pick. Why are you even a quarterback in the NFL right now? Yeah, I I was watching this game on the Red Zone, and once Arizona got down about three scores, I'm thinking Rosen, Rosen, um, and – the Arizona coach just didn't even bring him in. Now I don't know why. Well, they they, they probably didn't want to bring him in and get him killed almost and then lose his confidence. And then you don't have any quarterbacks on your team. But, Jonathan, when do you think? I'm thinking a couple more weeks it may be time to let this kid come in and go because it's not going to get any better. You don't get shut out in the NFL anymore. And when you do – there's a problem at quarterback. And I think Rosen is a lot better option. At least he, I think the team will play harder for him being a rookie than they will Sam Bradford right now. So I think you need to, to juice your team up a little bit, give some excitement. And I think Rosen could do that for you. Yeah. I, it really depends on uh, what their development track for Rosen is. I mean, if he's, you know, we, well, obviously there's a lot of things you don't know, but if he's, still have, you know, digesting the playbook. And, I mean, everybody says that shouldn't be an issue for him, but you never know until you're actually in it. Uh, you know, I, the the Cardinals, that I, honestly, it looks like they brought in Sanford just to be a sacrificial lamb this year, knowing that next year was really going to be the year. Uh, and that's when the kids will be handed over to Rosen. You know, I mean, maybe they'll wait till after their bye week like a lot of teams do. Uh, you know, where the kid has a full week of practice and install and then has another week of practice and install for for the game. Uh, uh, but uh, you just have to have to wonder at, at what point 
do uh, does Rosen come in? Because yeah, I mean Bradford looks he looks bad. And you know, this is a guy who's made a lot of money and had a long career, and for the most part has been hurt and below average. Well, game going on right now just started. I'm picking the Giants in this one against Dallas. Um, I think the Giants played very well in Dallas. Jason, I know you're a Dallas fan. And that's going to hurt your feelings. Uh, but I'm going with the G-Men tonight. Who do you like? Um, yeah, I, I understand why you pick the Giants, but I'm riding with the Cowboys. they got to get it turned around somehow. So. Playing at home, so it's good. What do you think, Jonathan? I mean, I anticipate this being a, a low-scoring, close game. Uh, both teams are still trying to figure themselves out. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go with the Cowboys to win, but I mean, I this is a field goal game either way. Now I got some breaking news and. Uh, NFL football for next Thursday night. And and you tell me how long it's been since the Cleveland Browns have been a favorite in a game. What? Cleveland is three points over the Jets next Thursday night in Cleveland. Load the house up, bet the farm, take Cleveland and run with it. Because if they're favored, Vegas knows something we don't. So. Uh, go ahead and set that check. Dallas, baby. Dallas all the way for a touchdown, Jason. Touchdown. That was a deep ball. Wow. Jesus Christ. That was a deep ball. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I feel look, good came for on you, Austin sighting. I feel good for you, Jason. Have you ever been in that stadium? No, I haven't. I'm I'm pull. I'm going to do it, pull. Um, before I go, I got to see my upset pick. So. What's up? Arizona State of Washington. Yes, I said it. Eighteen point dogs. Sun Devils comes into Husky Stadium and beats them. Are you insane? Um, I I might be. I, I do get disability. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, just because you said that, I'm gonna take the seventeen. I'm gonna take the eighteen points. Then I'm not gonna. Well, I don't think I can get a money line at 18 points, but, hey, I can take the points if you feel that good about it. But, yeah, Cleveland is up three-point favorite. Let's go over some of the NFL lines next week's game. Carolina at home, a three-and-a-half point favorite over Cincy. Falcons, three-and-a-half at home over the Saints. Even four-and-a-half over the Broncos in Baltimore. we got the Dolphins, mm-hmm. three over the Raiders. Green Bay three over the Skins. Minnesota, wow, sixteen and a half over Buffalo. That'll be an easy cover. Chiefs mm-hmm. six over or San Francisco. Rams seven over the Chargers. And the Patriots six and a half on the road at Detroit in Sunday Night Football. And Jonathan, I saved this team for last for you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Fitz Magic. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog at home against Pittsburgh. I'm really surprised at what I'm seeing out of Pittsburgh, Tampa, and I know you love it. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I um, I haven't really watched too much of today's game. I didn't really watch a lot of NFL today. Um, 
You know, I caught bits and pieces here and there, but I've made a habit of not watching the Bucks as much as I can just because it seems they do better when I don't watch them. Um, well, man, Fist Magic's fun. Uh, this is the last game before uh, Jameis is back from the suspension. Uh, you know, I'll be excited uh, for when Jameis comes back, obviously, as much as well as well as. Is he going to get his job well, back? The goal, the idea for them is they're going to ride Fitz Magic as long as it's, well, still magic. Um, you know, they'll, they'll ride the hot hand as long as they can. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they're true to their words or if Jameis gets his job back. You know, I mean, look, the Steelers are going to be up for this game. You know, the last thing they want to do is start the year 0-2-1. Uh, you know, we're 2-0 for the first time, and I can't tell you how long. But, uh, you know me, I don't take the Bucks seriously and, until they clinch a playoff spot. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's a, it's a big Monday night game in Tampa. I wish I was down there so I could go to it. But, uh, you know, go Bucks, And, um, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we can keep the good times rolling. Yeah. So everybody out there, thanks for listening to us tonight. We had a – we talked a lot about the college and NFL. College, uh, big week coming up. We're only three weeks into the season right now in college, and we still have a lot to learn and a lot to go. Same with the NFL. We're two weeks into it. Things change. Uh, Jonathan's team's already lost a couple. My team's lost. So pretty soon, everybody's team will be losing unless it's probably Alabama. So if you're an Alabama fan, you're probably pretty good to know that that you're going to be undefeated for a while at least. But everybody else, that day's coming where you take somebody for granted and they bite you in the butt. So next Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, join us. Uh, the 706 caller, um, I couldn't bring you in. Um, I'm sorry about that. Something must be wrong uh, with the connection. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Again, next Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, War Eagle, Go Nose, and and uh, have a blessed week. All right, y'all. Watch FAU UCF Friday. Uh, you got it. All right. Take care.